are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls, the Lorecast. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers! Welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with Lotus of Doom. And Lotus and I today will be taking you into the Endless Archives in order to find out more about what's actually going on in there from a lore perspective. Lotus, are you ready? I'm, well, we're going into Apocrypha. Of course you're ready. You're yeah, ready. I was going to say, no, nah, I'm good to go. This is this is my jam. This is where you live. This is like we're yeah. just visiting your home. Right. Are you, say, this is- are you secretly the uh, master malkest in the archives is that you know what let's yes yes and everything i'm going to pronounce is <laughs> totally pronounced exactly like that wow. and it's not me fumbling through pronunciations because you know that's that's me master malkest all right yep that's you master of the that's, endless archives man exactly. we're, that's right <laughs> this is the smoothest intro we've nine ever had full years this is what i've been building up to finally they're releasing my content wow <laughs> they should have hired you to do the voiceover in from yeah the character. yeah no no Nobody wants that. Uh. <laughs> but welcome back, everybody. We're, we're glad you're here. We're taking a break from going through our Daedra Creatures to talk about the Endless Archive because it's a big update to the game and to Elder Scrolls Online specifically. And uh, I've gotten a chance to dive into it. I actually got to play with my son a little bit, oh, cool. which was fun. I brought him in there. We fighting a bunch of stuff and eventually we got slaughtered. But that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> uh, but you meet in in the Endless Archives, you meet Master Malkest and he gives you a quest and you go on the quest and you fight the monsters and and basically kind of tutorializes a little bit of the game as you go through it and then eventually you understand how the mechanics work and everything so we thought it would be a lot of fun to dig into what we actually know about the endless archives and thankfully as zoss tends to do with a lot of these updates they have this fun uh, uh these fun correspondences between a character that has something to do with the update and some other stuff going on so we end up with all of these letters written to master malkest and they ask questions about the endless archives and then he answers them so we thought today's episode we're gonna read out all of the questions and all of the answers so that when you get into the game you're gonna know exactly what's going on you don't have to slow down and read anything and you can just blow stuff up so well the interesting thing about this is this is almost like a little compendium to what we've been doing anyways because the endless archives is as we'll get into it's it's like this hodgepodge of all of the creatures from <laughs> right. around Nern. so it's like well this actually kind of fits with the let's go through the daedric bestiary this is even a little more open than that but like 
it's it's kind of an interesting tie-in that this happened to release in the middle of us doing this project so yeah and honestly we totally didn't plan it that way <laughs> it just kind of happened oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but it, it kind of just coincides so it's like oh you know what this might be a good addition to that just because there's a a functional thing in game basically condensing down all that we've been talking to into this gauntlet of fighting so yeah so if you are if you're skipping through episodes and you're like oh endless archives check this out and then you go wait a minute they're doing a series on all the daedric monsters which are going to show up in the endless archives then go listen to those episodes as well and i actually had a very similar thought my son and i were playing and there was a group of uh dramothra that show up and i was like we just did an episode on these guys like <laughs> how on brand how on brand this is so cool like this is I, normally i wouldn't stop and think about the enemies i'm fighting but i'm like oh yeah we just talked about these i know right. i know more now than i did before we did that episode yeah so okay here we go okay since i guess we've defined that you are master malcast are you going to be okay. reading the answers as sure master so I, I guess I guess I'll be answering. You'll be you'll I'll be, be reading the questions. Yeah, you'll and, provide me questions and I will definitely not butcher uh, how all of this is pronounced when responding to you. It'll be fine. We'll just get through yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, I no, guess I'm going to have to come up with different conviction. I mean, yeah, I'm going to come up with different voices. So first, the first letter is from Battle Mage Palatine Absentis Vesanus which looks like Vesanus, but I think it's Vesanus, uh, who writes, um, here, we'll go with this one. Uh, Greetings, Master Melkast. I am curious how it is possible for mortals, creatures, and even other Daedra to threaten Tamriel are made are remade oh that's threatened tamriel are remade in the endless archives are they simply one-to-one copies that retain the memories or are they simply creatures that mimic other beings both eagerly waiting and dreading your response <laughs> bad voice <laughs> oh i love that he's eagerly wow. waiting and dreading the response uh, you don't have to do a voice. You can just read the answer. I, yeah, well, I don't think I can top that if that's how we're coming <laughs> out the gates. <laughs> Battle Mage, are you asking how it's possible for the Endless Archive to restore books accidentally destroyed in some far-flung wing or, say, return to an accident-prone researcher to life after plummeting headlong from a cliff because he had his nose stuck in a tome? That is as straightforward as the realm of Apocrypha gets. Every object and person entering the Endless Archive is cataloged by the Index. Threads of fate are spun between the Index and the contents of the catalog. When a thread is broken, the cataloged copy from just before the break is restored, hale and whole, to the index. They are not copies, nor are they recreations. They are the thing themselves from a different moment along their fate line. A day-to-day occurrence uh, in the archive, but tremendously powerful, I know. Fate lines are Hermes Morris' specialty. I'm not sure this would work anywhere else. So it's it's like they're being pulled out of their own timelines? It's, and it's almost is... like you're reaching into what a dragon break is. 
yeah grabbing one of them and being like this one's good fight this version right it's super weird um it's really weird yeah really weird uh okay so this goes on and we have this uh this letter from (laughs) these are so well written yeah aristonway aristonway who i'm imagining is is a very effeminate voice uh are the ink creatures native to the endless archives considered daedra Could they be summoned as such? Naturally, such facsimiles could never properly be part of my collection, but I can see potential use in testing new enclosures to ensure the desired specimens do not escape once acquired. It's not really a... Well, I, mean, I guess it starts as a question, and then it, it turns into comments, but... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ah, the... Oh, boy. Malligraphies. Ah, ma- it's malligraphies. malligraphies. Yeah, that's the word. I named them myself, which is why I said <laughs> it so convincingly right there, you know. <laughs> it sounds very fancy until you put it in the plain terms. These strange Daedric beings mimic living beings and are, off, uh, and are created by the workings of the Daedric Lord... Thorat Replicanum. Th- Thorat? It's T-H-O apostrophe A-T? Again, my yeah. pronunciation. Well, I, I'm, just, I'm just reading it. I'm <laughs> spelling it out so everybody knows. Thorat? Thorat. Yeah, T-H-O apostrophe A-T. So it's Thorat um, Replicanum. Replicanum, yeah. Yeah. Um, they are Daedra after a fashion because the malligraphies are Thorat. And Thorat... <laughs> Is the malligraphies. <laughs> she has devised a method to splinter her nimic, combining her potent Daedric magics with the ink of the archive's tomes. Through this mystical imbuement, she can manifest an endless number of beings. It's fascinating, really, because they are not directly created by Thoat, but by imbuement of her power through the medium of the page. That is to say, if she draws on a tale of fearsome high rock beasts to create a malligraphy, the beast will be quite powerful. But if the book describes a gentle doe, the resulting malligraphy would be similarly, similarly dispositioned. Apologies, my nature as a researcher isn't showing itself. To answer your question, I've done some limited trials with the followers of Mora. The malligraphies do not seem to survive beyond the bounds of the archive. Most likely are a function of the magic Thoet used to create them. It's nice to know that. However bad the malligraphies get, they're locked up with me. So this is this is so weird. Okay, so Thoet is the malligraphies. <laughs> And, and the malligraphies, the malligraphies are, also are also Thoat, and they are only as they are specifically as stated in the books, which are documentaries of the nature of different realities. Uh, it does seem to be. Yes. So, yeah. So if you got like a big monster and it's terrifying, then it's going to be a really terrifying monster, just like it says in the books. Uh, but we also know, and I think this is something that comes up in the future, that uh, not every author of every book is reliable and not right. every source of information that gets recorded in some sort of history, which would show up in a book here in Apocrypha, is also accurate. So you can end up with weird, not true versions of things. Well, the other thing which I'm just curious on is what if you edit it? Yeah, right like what if like, you had if access you to the books and changes then, like no yeah, the yeah. the beast ripping and tearing through all in its path actually likes cuddles and wants a kiss like 
Yeah. Is it suddenly now docile? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, did you literally change its nature by editing the book? Yeah, or it's a it's a monstrous guar, and you just cross out the ar. It's a monstrous goo. It's a master. Monstrous <laughs> goo. A goo. What's a goo? Yeah, and oh. it just looks like one of those voroplasms, except without the bone eating. There you go. There you go. All right. This yeah. next one. This next one starts with the word yo. As yeah, the, this was the one I actually thought uh, we were on next because this one was my favorite when I browsed through these because it's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, yo, Mr. Malkist, to my understanding, Thoat Replicanum is a Daedra, but what kind? She shares, uh, she appears to look almost like glass come to life, Sir Kyandor of Satanine. Yo, indeed, Sir <laughs> <Kyandor>. <laughs> I understand the need for scholars and laypeople alike to clarify and categorize beings from the Daedric realms. It's most of what I do as a researcher and librarian, after all. Thoat, however, is a reminder that the Orbis is filled with wonders and horrors beyond our wildest dreams. Thoat occupies that rare, rarefied space near the the top of Daedric society, just one rung down from the princes themselves. She is a Daedric lord, and like many lords, no doubt, has a realm all her own somewhere in the infinite void that swirls beyond. While there are a few handfuls of princes, there are dozens of Daedric lords known to mortal scholars, and potentially an infinite amount who have yet to interact with a person with enough forethought to write down the experiences. So that is a reminder to us all that the Daedric, the Daedra are by their very nature inexplicable. They have goals, thoughts, and entire cultures we may never fully understand. Right, which we talk about a lot. But yeah, mm -hmm. this is a Daedric Lord. It's a very powerful, clearly, and capable of doing all sorts of weirdness that we have not experienced until just now. So... There you go. All right. Uh, this one is from Dilaneth, student of the Leowin Mages Guild. Uh, what does Dilaneth sound like? Do you have inspiration on this one? I'm pretty sure Dilaneth. I'm trying to remember what the. There's so many characters in these games. I'm trying to <laughs> right. remember what Dilaneth actually sounds like. I, I can't recall. Off yeah, my head. I, I have no idea um, which one off the top uh, of my head is Dilaneth. All right. Let's go with. Uh, let's go with uh, young and naive. So right. we're going to go with. Uh, Greetings, Master Malkest. For the last few years, I've been trying to study pocket realms. Could this endless archive be classified as a pocket realm, or could its purpose a vast library without all the beasties I have heard about popping up be recreated within one? My name is Dilaneth. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, a unique and ambitious course of study for a novice mage. But I approve. Sometimes we must look beyond what stands before us to find the true purpose. My answer to both of your questions, young one, is yes. The Endless <laughs> Archive is an adjunct realm that lies within the greater fabric of Apocrypha. While as scholars we wish things to be neat and tidy, the reality is more complicated. Many Daedra with sufficient power and will can create a realm. Refer, if you will, to the writings of Denagoreth, the Dread Archivist, who claims to have cataloged over 37,000 such instantations. A number, I believe, in actuality might be even higher. <laughs> For many daydream beings, 
creating a realm is an enormous undertaking while there are thousands and thousands of planes and pocket realms most are quite small this isn't the case with the daedric realms of the mighty princes the enormous amount of power wielded by these beings in its dim miss of the past form uh, vast and nearly limitless domains around the initial seed as has been observed by many a mystic scholar the realms are the princes and the princes are the realms at Moore's slightest whim the seas of apocryphus apocrypha swirl and the mists of chroma incognito part so it is with the endless library which is a sub-realm created within the vast walls of apocrypha as the uh, as centuries ago a word of advice, young Dylaneth, if you truly want to create, recreate the archive without the influence of the Thoat Replicanum, seek me out. I can help you identify which books to avoid. That's that, that's terrifying. Ominous Re as hell. Recreating <laughs> the archive as yourself? Yeah, just make your own. I'm sure. I'm sure this little nerd knows exactly this little mages doing. guild acolyte is like yeah I just make my own endless archive just make one yeah just do one of those just like these we'll daedric lords like a ship yeah yeah but the whole like I, I like the part about how like the realm are the princes and the princes are the realm uh, like they're inextricably bound together yes which very much is is like a thing we've seen throughout these as um you know that other than having complete control in these realms for the most part they mimic so much of what the daedric princes are yeah so it makes yeah. sense that they're kind of inexplicably entwined together right they're, they are one in the same which right i would imagine a young mages guild would make a realm that was not nearly as impressive as any of these no just <laughs> a bunch of pocket protectors <laughs> all right so the next one comes from uh inari telvani this is a this is a fancy fancy pan uh, All right. Dark Elf. Hoitiest of voices. Um, Hoitiest <laughs> of my voices. Most honorable master of Malkest, on behalf of Great House Telvani, I, Inari, ask of you, how is it that Hermaeus Mora can have such authority over the threads of fate and things that have yet to come through the endless archives and have such an influence on the Mundus? when he is impeded from affecting Nern by the law of the Cold Harbor Compact. Inari, Telvani. <laughs> Lotus. Lotus is just laughing at me. <laughs> that was hoitier than I could have imagined. <laughs> he said hoitier. That's what I was going for. You did a great job. <laughs> Thanks. While the Great Eye is indeed quite powerful, I feel you might be ascribing him uh, potency that he does not have or seek. Hermaeus Mora sees and knows, so goes the saying, a good description of the role of the inevitable knower. He observes, he catalogs, he learns. What Mora does not do is twist or change the threads of fate themselves. 
Even Mora, for all his power, cannot directly intervene in fate's course. That is, as far as I am aware, an improbability. Impossibility. The great eye, impossibility. Oh, yeah. Oh, impossibility. Yeah. yeah. It's, That's it's, even more bold. It's yeah. probably impossible. Yeah. Right. Um, the great eye must act in the same manner as the others, as the other princes. And as you point out, a restriction of the compact on Nern, he must primarily act through a proxy of a mortal agent. It is somewhat reassuring. That's weird. Somewhat reassuring, not reassuring. I need to edit that in the <laughs> It is somewhat reassuring, I think, to know that though he can see what course the river may take before we do, even Hermaeus Moore himself must ride the rapids of fate the same as you or I. Yeah, a, these are fun because they give you more insights into characters like Hermaeus Mora. This idea yeah. that, like, I, I mean, I guess you could say, like, doesn't he sometimes reach into reality and adjust I, things a yeah, little bit? Sometimes, but it it's seems never like he cheats a little. It's 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 not him so much as him influencing other people and then yeah. them who are able to. Yeah, it's, it's so, like, the Dragonborn of... had the ability to affect fate, right? And a lot of. A lot of this stuff um, related to these, because the princes do have quite a bit of impact and stuff like that. It's interesting because it's so much them kind of manipulating not just characters in the game, you like playing the game. Right, right. Uh, well, well, I mean, you go back like, to the whole the prisoner thing, right? Right. This idea that like only certain people actually can affect the fate and how things play out yeah and those people are important and the daedric princes seem to know it like right in that one little way they seem to have power that the daedric princes don't actually have themselves right it, it's because they you know as powerful as they are they definitely have some limitations because of the whole cold harbor compact which is ironically you know kind of set up through a mortal thing we don't know the details of that we've never we've always been given kind of like Hints is like, oh, well, you know, it, it, here, here's this whole thing that still set up and it, it, stuff like that. But we never really understand how he got such an upper hand in those scenarios that yeah. he was able to barter a pretty lopsided thing in favor of mortals. Honestly, it seems like so. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that in the past. So, uh, yeah. but maybe we should come around and we'll rediscuss some of those things in the future because I'm yeah, I'm sure yeah, we, there are angles that, that we can come at that we haven't discussed. And that before. one's very, very nebulous. We just get little parts of it and never a full picture of how Sothasil got such an upper hand in that scenario. Because honestly, yeah. Daedra princes don't really like to cooperate all that much with each mm -hmm. other or with mortals unless it's like directly advantageous to them it seems weird that it seems at least from the outside perspective like they just took a big l on this one because it's yeah like, yeah what did they get out of this because it seems yeah. like it just was hyper restrictive to them right the cold harbor uh, compact and then also the uh the blood diamond the whole emperor's yeah, thing um, right. those those both seem like these contributing ways of like keeping the princes out in check yeah like out of like mortal affairs as much right. as they could have been um yeah those those two things are interesting i wonder if there's a third i feel like i don't think there is but there's a part of me that's like wait isn't there there's probably something else i mean there have been times that they've been beaten back for sure yeah well there's but also like agreements where you've got you know they're trying to cheat their way in too right yeah <laughs> like yeah. it's like all right how can i get around this like yeah so yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird thing that i i've 
long kind of been looking that that seems like something the series at some point might actually maybe fill in the blanks or maybe it'll just stay as you know ambiguous as what happened to the Dwemer exactly Mm -hmm. all right so we got one more before we take a mid-break and then we got some more after that so this is from uh, Dame Gratias of the Knights of Saint Elidon uh, this, this is a woman, Dame, right? So, uh, okay, I got to do a lady voice. Here we go. <coughs> there we go. Uh, As the endless archives contain documents on significant events that were or could be, I presume it records its records may also contain information on legendary figures and artifacts. Assuming my theory is correct, and you can and not and do not mind sharing such details originating from the Endless Archive, can you tell me where the artifact Chrysomir may currently be? And anything, even if just theories or stories, that may shed light on its ambiguous origins? Certainly. <laughs> Certainly. Certainly. Sure. No. Sure. <laughs> Next question. Uh, <laughs> Certainly. Chrysomir, a two handed blade or claymore forged late in the Merithic era by uh, Breton swordsmith of some renown by the name of Asterir. Ast- Asteri <laughs> Bedell. <laughs> sure. It's totally yes. always pronounced yep. Asteri mm-hmm. Bedell. She was an accomplished blacksmith and she delighted in using the techniques of both men and myrrh in crafting her wares. Of this I am certain, for within the very heart of the blade itself lies the mark, maker's mark, a magic knot that harkens back to the earliest days of the Breton culture. Much of the journey from well-crafted, from well-crafted but mortal blade to the Sword of Heroes lies beyond the bounds of the Endless Archive. Certainly it was influenced by the magic of Breton society's elven forebearers, gaining enchantments as it was passed from hand to hand. It fought in the wars to secure the Clandurenes' role as the lords of the high, of High Rock, and was presented at the first sacking of Orsinium. Its defensive enchantments were sharpened and retooled to protect the Tibera in a protracted siege of the Fell Thunder Clan of giants in Rivenspire, and it also played a small but important role in the Battle of the uh, Battle of Glenumbra Moors. Where the blade lies today, I'm sorry to say, is not something I, even close examination of the archival records could produce. My best approximation, if you're keen to go looking for it, is based on a series of letters penned between a dark elf researcher in Ebenhart and a Khajiit fence in the city of Alabaster. Perhaps one or both of these locals, um, locales might contain a clue as to its current whereabouts. Best to move quickly, though, the blade does not tend to sit idle in one mortal's hand for very long. This is an interesting one because it's a very specific question, a very specific magical item, right? Yeah. Uh, but the idea I think they're trying to get across here is just because you might have access to this endless archive with all of these books doesn't mean that you can, you don't just get everything. You know where everything is or you can yeah. do things outside of the bounds of what anybody actually and knows about. It also plays in line with the fact of why do Gdadric artifacts always seem to conveniently just show up when you need them in the single player and stuff like that and it's because they kind of just 
boop out of existence and boop back in when they need to. So it's like eh, things don't stay put because they're not fully like material. So it's like, oh, you know what? I'll be just yoinking that artifact back. And then it's like, oh, it either gets stolen or lost or they provide it to somebody else. Another hand touching the beacon and such. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Um, right. So, they, so they're never really just like, yep, well, my adventuring days are over. Time to put this on my shelf and nobody can ever have it. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Like when it decides it's time to go, you don't get to keep it anymore. It's kind of not in your say. Right, right. And so th- even if you have access to the endless archives, it doesn't mean you, you're going to know where right, to go to get something like this. Like, uh, just walk out with just like a burlap sack full of danger card. Yeah, all like, of these what extremely powerful items and you're just like, oh, thanks. Yep. Who's emperor now? Yep. Just like dump them <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that. Um, nice. All right, well, we're going to take a break. We're going to go thank our patrons and we will be back. We've got three more questions to go over, so there's still more to uncover, so don't go anywhere. This is Hamish Morak. Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls lore cast. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, including our newest patron, Hunter. Welcome to the Patreon. Thank you for signing up. I'm glad that you are here among the 114 of our current patrons uh, and our Daedric Princes who get shout outs every week. Kira C and Sheogorth Sweet Roll. Thank you to all of you for your support. If you are interested in joining them, getting ad free episodes, T-shirts and stickers or uh, joining us on the end of the month patron chats, any of that stuff, head over to patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Also, we've got a new review in. If you leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out on a future episode. This one comes from Delta Phoenix 25 in the United States of America, who writes, get this, Lotus, best podcast on the Internet. Ah, We're there. We've arrived. We can retire. (laughs) Well, that's it. It doesn't get any better than that. We peaked. (laughs) Uh, They write, uh, I drive over an hour to and from work every day. In addition, I go on a lot of road trips. Tom and Lotus keep me entertained with their knowledge and comedic timing. They are also both very active in the Discord. This show has made uh, the many other great... Oh, uh, there's a typo in here. Uh, has led to it, it looks like a med but i think it's a led led to many other great programs on the robots radio network highly recommend 10 out of 10 thank you so much delta yeah thanks very thanks very high praise thank always you very it's always so just like nice to hear that people enjoy this stuff yeah you know like the thing it's that fun you, to record it so it's like it's, <laughs> the fact that people get to enjoy it is like very satisfying <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah it's it's awesome so thank you so much for your support we couldn't do this without the audience this is yeah. like this is how this works we could be throwing this stuff out there into the world but if it wasn't for all of you sharing and commenting and reviewing yeah, and limit the quality we can produce <laughs> right and Quite supporting <laughs> all of that stuff uh, yeah so thank you for being here and uh if you if you want to rate the show on spotify that's another way you could do it or share with your friends any of that stuff helps so thanks everybody all right let's move on with the rest of the uh the questions here we go you're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of Sidis. That is why the Night Mother loves you. All right, this one comes from somebody whose name is Ralton, who has another question. This one, these last three are pretty short, comparatively. All right, what kind of voice should I go for on this one? Ralton, um, I feel 
gravelly, very grizzled. Gra- gravelly. Ralton uh, sounds mm, like yeah. Uh, uh, if you uh, <laughs> if you were to uh, warn seasoned adventurers, delvers, and heroes of anything in this place, the kind of people who are already well prepared for most things Oblivion might throw at them. I feel like I'm a ghoul from Fallout. <laughs> what <laughs> you are the most sound like a ghoul? Uh, well, actually, I guess ghouls and <laughs> What are the most unexpected dangers they will face in the endless archive? As I have told the young recruits many times, it is not the Haj Mota you can see that will be the one to kill you. <laughs> Smooth skin. I would. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I was going to say, well, you know, they, 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 the controversy continues. <laughs> was a ghoul actually asking this question? <laughs> Um, I would caution against hubris for a start. Beyond that, the most unexpected things, the most dangerous things in the archive are the things that you might least expect. If it hap- if it seems out of place in this realm of apocryphal knowledge and vaunted tomes, it most likely wants to kill you. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a mind, uh, ah, and mind yourself. If you find that the archive has formed an arena about you, a strike itself might not kill you. But as I can attest from personal experience, it might be a long drop into the sub levels of the lower library. <laughs> I love that there's personal experience there. <laughs> like, yeah, I got, I got yeeted into like yeah. one of the sub levels and didn't get, it wasn't great, but I survived it. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. All right. This one comes from, uh, Tirosh of clan firewolf, reachful historian and scholar. I feel like I need to do uh, the old man voice on this one. Oh, there um, you go. Hey, greet, greetings. Freehand Malkest. The endless archive stores the past, present and potential future, not just the written word. Can oral stories like sagas of the great Vatistrans, Eolnola, and Elagarak, or Bosmeri's spin of magic tales find a place within it? If so, how are they stored? What about stories that have occurred but remain untold? Is there a solution for arthritis? That part I just added in at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Yes and no. <laughs> there is unfortunately no cure for arthritis. <laughs> I deeply respect the oral traditions of the cultures you reference and more beyond. However, the Endless Archive is first and foremost and only a recollection of the writings from across the Orbis. Some scant few stories told in this fashion have made it into the archive as observational writings from researchers or notes intended to prompt a performer looking to make the most of a performance opportunity. But as you will no doubt agree, a great deal is lost in the translation from spoken and ephemeral art to text upon a page. It's pretty clear pretty yeah yeah like yeah this is just, world traditions right. eh, not so great yeah not so much all right this yeah. is the last one this is from betty two thumbs illusionist and skeptic uh i feel like i feel like i need to be like a wily kind of a wily eh, kind of voice eh, presumably master or he actually this is how he starts to presumably master malchest if this endless archive of yours 
as you say, has records of everything, not where are or could yet be, then logically, my question to you should already be present there, correct? Assuming that is the case, then you should be able to tell me what is the answer to my question. Which question? <laughs> you have asked and could ask so many. Some of them are more intelligible than others. I'm not going to write all of them down, but you should look up the book Infinite Questions and Potent Possibilities when you can. You'll see them all listed there. This is all beside the point, because if it was if I was to be purely pedantic, I would say the clear response is that this screed I write even now, quill across parchment, serves as the answer to your question. Honestly, it's like you've never studied the theoretical elucidation elucidation <laughs> before. Well, now that I've gone and worked myself into a lather... So I believe it is time for me to call this correspondence at an end. Thank you for submitting your questions, all and sundry. I hope you found my answers interesting. I'll see you in the Endless Archive, especially you, Benny Tooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love the answer of like, what even question would I be answering? Like, you don't clearly don't understand how this works. Also, <laughs> the the book Infinite Questions and Potent Possibilities. <laughs> is a referenced book without an actual book in any of the games at all yet. Yep. So, and this, I guess, happens because you can, if you click on it in the UESP article for it, there is a actual page called lore yep. colon mentioned texts. Yep. These are texts that are mentioned that may not actually have any actual anything in them yeah, yet. They're, they're, the likelihood that they're, well, actually, I was going to say, I mean, this is the point of the documentation that the USB and Imperial Library do is to keep track of this stuff. Um, there's a lot of books that are brought up in this series, this being one of them, mm -hmm. where you don't find it. Yeah, and some of them are just like uh, like valuables that you find, right? right. Like in ESO, sure. you, you get a valuable and you get like 100 gold if you sell it. And so w right. we know that there's a book called like Rules of Tebow Inu, which this attempt by a Breton to write the Rules of Tebow Inu quickly descends into incoherent madness. But we don't actually know the text of the book. Right. It's just like, yeah, exactly. It's it's a reference to a thing, not a thing itself. Right, right. Which is pretty great uh, yeah. because we just we just have to go on it and just be like, all right, right well, I guess there exists infinite questions and potent possibilities or yep. maybe even a book about theoretical elucidation <laughs> which is <laughs> which is a great a great phrase i don't know i, don't I guess know. yeah yeah um, um so okay so what did we learn lotus so <laughs> interestingly enough uh this is a lot of like pulling strands of possibilities that you're going through which doesn't make them not real that you're experiencing it, but it's sort of just like another version of a thing that technically could exist. Yeah. 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 Because, because it's not, it's not a, like they mentioned, it's not a replication, but you're also not there at the time it happened. So right. you're like pulling 
Again, the, the, it's weird to use something as convoluted as the idea of a dragon break in this series as a way to like ground this. But it's like the way time fractures into like all of these things are happening, but while they're happening, the other ones aren't technically happening because they're each in their own like timeline, so to speak. I would check out the episode on dragon breaks if this is sounding incredibly confusing. I apologize, but it's the best way I can try to. It seems like with all of these possible threads that are happening like okay well you know i stubbed my toe walking into the end of the archive so this ended up happening well this is the timeline where i didn't do that and this mm -hmm. is the the endless archive is a way of kind of basically grabbing one of those threads to experience it and right, almost like open, have them like, all at your disposal they're uh, still there like, like a three-dimensional version of finding a thing in a book Right. Yeah. Right. It's, like, it's like I opened up this book. It's this person's version of the history of whatever. And it right. says this. Now, I've just experienced that in my imagination by reading the text. Yeah. But now you can also experience that as a three dimensional thing. Right. It's like making comes it to real life. for you. Right. Exactly. But and it's your still not the thing itself. It's right. The, it's your version of experience. Like it's plopping you into yeah, the it's, retelling of the thing itself. Right. And and the thing itself is a malligraphy, which is actually the Daedric Lord Thoat. Right. <laughs> that is actually bringing these things into your own experience. Yeah, it's, it's complex and yet kind of simple in a way at it's, the same it's, time. It's a weird like it's pretty weird. It's it's kind of an, it's given all the wacky stuff in this series. Yeah, this one's kind of a neat way of almost making a thing where it's like, yeah, it's like a test chamber gameplay wise. But there's a reason for it. Right. Like Is this the weirdest things like post Kirkbride? This one's pretty far. Like, this is pretty up there. Like, I feel like this has a, a this feels like, and this, this is something that I like about Elder Scrolls Online because, you know, I, as we've gone over in any of the episodes revolving around Kirkbride, I think Kirkbride's <laughs> creativity adds so much to the series and made so much of an impact to solidifying the uniqueness of this series. It's just, if you let him go completely without any reins, it gets really kind of like too out there. Yeah. This feels like kind of to your point, sometimes the games, especially ESO, it's a little less overt than with like Morrowind lore specifically and stuff like that. Yeah. But I feel like they definitely scoot in some of these things where it's just like, we'll make it palatable for people who are just tangentially interested i want an arena where i can just beat stuff up okay perfect here is a roguelite style thing okay that's easily connectable right they but, clearly start with like what is the game thing we want to make right. and then how do we justify that in the lore yeah and i find that with a couple situations uh it, it, same thing when you're talking with so with a sill at a couple points in the clockwork city expansion very much this um you you kind of almost get some of those weird unique things that the series hasn't focused as much on over the last couple of entries but they're clearly still there yeah they're maybe just a little less at the forefront which i i really like because i i do 
like how unique the series is with the very palatable veneer that goes over it of yeah, it's medieval fantasy. <laughs> right, like, right. Yeah, the yeah. wackiness is is like the the just kind of bonkers, mind blowing kind of you know like what is a dragon? Right. Like, all of that stuff plays into the tone of the series and and uh, I don't know all of these pieces fit together in a way that is generally very appealing and yet you know mysterious and kind of fun right. and a little bit wacky and a little bit oh really dark at times like it's this <laughs> yeah, wonderful yeah, yeah, yeah. it's wonderful say, concoction really dark stuff too yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so that's um, that's the endless archives i would love to hear about people's experience with the endless archives if, if you've been diving through this what you think about it i've enjoyed it so far I actually got i can't wait i get it next week on console um i have not tried it on pc uh but yeah i get it next week on console and i am very excited for it um it yeah. looks like a lot of fun um yeah it's, it's cool seem- it feels it feels like a dungeon dive where the dungeon yes. just kind of puts things in front of you and then you just fight them like right and and then you get to a point where you just like and there there are things that happen like i absolutely in one of the boss maps or actually i think it's the same map for the main bosses all the time or something very, it's at least they're okay. very similar sure. uh you're up on a platform and so there uh-huh. are not walls so if you are kiting the boss and not looking where you're going you'll just <laughs> fall off the edge of the map and i that was my first death i was just like well okay Nailed it i that was on me <laughs> yeah i was gonna say cool that's me <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't i didn't know the mechanic that wasn't i didn't prep for this fight that was i just walked off the edge of the platform yeah I, i'm not looking where i'm going <laughs> yeah yeah but uh yeah um, i actually got pretty far my first time on nice. like my main character which isn't really set up for any like trial yeah you're not like exactly that. like you you do the stories and like to explore which mm-hmm. i do too but i'm definitely more of the like okay yeah. min maxi how do i do the hardest thing in the game type of deal which isn't as much your thing but i yeah. like that this apparently like starts palatable and ramps up to the point of like it oh the first few fights whatever your skill level is yeah if you're if you're grinding c if you're at the point where you're grinding cp and you've got like matching sets of stuff like if you if you're at that like yeah i can i can get into dungeon and do fine like level yeah. of this game regardless of the dungeon uh the first few fights are just cake you just like yeah, three enemies pop up and you just blow them up and then you just the next three blow them up but the twelfth time you go through a stage, it's like, okay, you're feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you're dropping nine guys at me now. In each one of these, I'm like ticking away the health little by little, and I'm like, yeah. all right, okay, I see where this is going. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing where my ceiling is until I find a way to improve. Like, right. Um, right. Which is which is interesting because really, honestly, the only thing that I've heard as a negative so far about the archive is that very skilled players just wish you could ramp up quicker yes like, yes that's the I biggest agree. thing i agree is because i, I yeah that like, first the, the first time i went through is fine it took me like, like i i think i played an hour and a half to two hours before i got to the place where i died the third time and i had to quit. yep and i and so that was the first thing that popped in my head is like do I like I'm gonna have to commit that much time to doing this every time? Is that right, like, right. or can I can I just go to like hard level and it skips me ten levels ahead or something like that? Yeah, like, or that would be um, nice. the other thing that I have again, this is just me not really looking up any strategies or anything like that. I like going in myself type of thing to start, um, but like just hearing people in the community and stuff like that, kind of commenting on it and stuff. Um, one thing that I do know is kind of like not burnt people out on it, but like ended their runs, uh, shout out to like skinny cheeks type of thing. He had like a 10 hour run. 
Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine if you, yeah, if you are absolutely geared to the teeth and you're at like CP two thousand or something, yeah, yeah. and he's like you know super good. So he got to the point where he was like, I have to stop because I can't stay awake. Yeah, not because I'm going to die. I think you can pick up though. Again, I think if you if you go out to the main room, apparently can't. You can't because it feels like you can go checkpoints. It feels like you can just go back out into the main room, which you can do, and then go yes. back and then maybe log out. I haven't tried it. And then log well, back in and thing. go back in. Y- your instance has a 15 minute timer like oh. any other instance. Oh. And people are like, well, I get it. I have to start over if I if I fail. Right. But if I don't fail and I need a break. Yeah. Could I put a yeah. marker there? Right. Like I, I, I wouldn't mind chipping would away great. half an hour, an hour at a time. And sure, then being and able to go back get. and then like, right. you know, if I'm 12 hours in, that's great. But yeah, you clearly can't sit there for 12 hours right. and play a game all the time. Like, and then a lot of on time. top of that, um, one thing that I think would almost like help and encourage you like, okay, I'm going to grind like a long session because it's still, you know, encouraging that would be mm-hmm. if you jump out, say you're four hours in, like you've been crushing it and stuff like that. And you're to the point where it's like, oh, this is getting really hard, but I'm, I'm tired. Like I, I, I need a break. So you take that break, but you get your checkpoint and then you can come back to it. You're going to not be in the same mindset and practiced where you've got the muscle memory going and stuff like that. The likelihood you're going to get smashed coming back from that checkpoint is pretty high because you're going to need that like refresher to just kind of get the feel for it again. So it's kind of still it's probably efficient to stay in there, but the option should totally be there. So Absolutely. that yes. seems like something right. they could also totally edit in because now it seems like a lot of people have been requesting it. So it's like yeah. that might just get added later on, especially because it seems like I said, all I've heard is that people are having just how much fun are you having with it? Not, oh, I like it or don't like it. Like everything I've seen is just basically it's degrees of how much fun people are having with it. Oh, yeah. it's all right. And I, oh, I, I really like it. Oh, um, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's enjoyable. There's, I don't have any complaints other than just like, like you said, like being able to jump in again later. It was sure. also fun bringing my own like NPC companion with me, which was fun. Yep. It was fun jumping in with my son and us doing a duo. It would be yeah, cool that's, if that's there great. was a version where like you could turn into a four man or something like that. And yeah, like, could you alter the amounts of it? I mean, they might yeah. add stuff like that. But uh, imagine if you do a four man like and it. you start like 30 levels in or something and like you start on like very hard difficulty but there's four of you and so it feels more like you're clearing hard dungeons or something sure right that could be cool too but overall i think it's a it's a great addition to the game it's a fun reason to jump back in so if you've played some eso also uh my son's character was like level five and so i kind of carried him a bit but yeah yeah. he gained like six levels in our one attempt at the dungeon so it's not a bad so way, to, a level way to level up level too is yeah. it, while you're exploring and stuff. That's fun. Especially if you have somebody else to help carry you because like sure. he was doing less damage than I was, but he right. was hanging in there. He was still helpful. And yeah. we were able to get, you know, it got to a point where certain bosses were just like one hitting him. We just obliterated. Yeah, sure, <laughs> He's like, wow, I'm happen. dead again. What happened? And I'm like, right. Yeah, that's going to happen. But well, then it wasn't. The, yeah, you don't have the health. You don't have the gear. Right. But it actually, alive. it I wasn't mean, that much later that like, we, like we went through maybe two or three bosses that were one hitting him until we got to one. And I think it was a random roll where like certain bosses are just way more formidable than others. Sure. And this dude was like, I don't remember which one it was, but he was dropping 
dropping crap all over the place and then i get stun locked into like some something i couldn't get out of and then boom i was dead and yep. i was like well my nightblade is not geared to survive yeah, that because this, this is not a tank build and so cool i'm dead we got it but, right and, and but that's very times. much to be said with like a lot of this stuff when you're going for like difficulty based things other than exploratory based things you know there are however many you know dungeons and trials well despite them all being able to be played on whatever difficulty you would like the fights themselves some are just more difficult than others just yes. because there's more stuff happening right it's more or, or they were developed eight years into the game and not in the first two exactly. years right so they had to add more stuff dlc dungeons and trials are harder than yes. non-dlc ones because they're more there's more stuff happening because they've just are more experienced with the engine. There's just more things you're managing and they're ramping it up for people who are better geared years later. And so like right. the more recent DLCs even are harder than the earlier DLCs. Like it, it's all kind of in a progression. Uh, but overall, I think it's great. It's a lot of fun and cool. go check it out. Let us know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I can't wait. Lotus, you got other stuff before we wrap it up. Anything else? You no, share? Um, we've been, I, I've, been very very restricted on time unfortunately however it looks like this sunday uh which i guess would be uh, what, what is even the date uh, i was gonna say it's i guess the that would make ninth. it so, so today, i guess that would make it the 12th yeah. or whatever so it is weird when you listen to this whenever you listen to this but it, we'll be having a new episode of tales we've had uh it's kind of at the moment sort of a more bi-weekly show than a weekly show just because of uh some of the scheduling conflicts but um yeah so we'll have a new episode of tales this week to discuss more of the uh update 40 thing and some of the news that's come out since then and uh kind of like my pre update 40 but we'll have uh jimmy jj shabadoo from the stream team joining as well so um nice. be uh be excited to have that but uh other than that yeah that's pretty much it for me Awesome. Awesome. And of course, I've got my shows, robotsradio.net for a bunch of links. Uh, Starfield Lorecast is going great. We talked about House Varun recently. If you played oh, nice. Starfield, like that's one of the big mysteries is like what's going to happen with them. They're probably going to be part of the next DLC. Uh, so we, we explore what we do know about them. And then, of sure. course, a bunch of other shows, Lord of the Rings Lorecast. Oh, the Lord of the Rings Lorecast now has a YouTube channel. I've been doing video content, uh, gone back and started with the first episode working through. So if, if you're into the Lord of the Rings and you'd rather watch a YouTube video than and listen to just an audio podcast look that up uh, lord of the rings lorecast on youtube uh, but lots of lots of the normal stuff go check it out if you're looking for more content and thank you for being here we'll see you again next week and until then i guess enjoy the endless archives and yeah, try not get lost in the endless archives don't get yeeted onto a lower floor or anything well <laughs> we'll see you next time bye everybody Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time